1: Good afternoon, and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education, and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now, here's
2: your
0: host, Mary Woods.
2: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Woods. I'm your host today. And our subject is something that probably half of our audience will be able to identify with quite keenly, and that's in pursuit of perfection, young women in America. And our, our uh, guest is Karen Fitzhugh, who has a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in educational psychology as well, and a Ph.D. in special education and educational psychology. Karen has served on the board of the National Association of Therapeutic schools and programs for six years and founded Government Relations Committee. She is also a member of the Board of Association for Ambulatory Behavioral Health Care. Since 2004, Karen has served the therapeutic school industry as both a head of school and a senior vice president. Prior to entering the therapeutic school realm, Karen worked in acute psychiatric care services in a private practice. Additionally, Karen has served as Executive Director for a Home for an Abused, Abandoned, and Neglected Girls and founded a charter school as part of this project. She's currently the Executive Director of Sovereign Journey, which is located in Bethlehem,
3: New Hampshire. Welcome, Karen. Hi, Mary. Thank you so much for having me uh, on the program today. It's such a pleasure to be here.
2: Oh, you're more than welcome. You know, um, the whole idea of perfectionism in young women seems to me to be such a, a paradox because I'm old enough to remember the beginning of the women's movement and the whole bra-burning thing mm-hmm. that's happening. And I can remember quite clearly Twiggy being the model that right. used to come on with the miniskirts and the poor boys and, and feeling like, oh, my God, that's that's what perfectionism is. it's 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 Twiggy. I didn't know then that she looked like somebody who had anorexia, but it seems like the more women have kind of um, developed rights, the more we've been objectified and, and really um, constricted in, in terms of what we should be from the media perspective.
3: I think you are so exactly right about that. I think the biggest challenge that we face today, honestly, as a nation, is the fact that we promote an image for young women for women actually in particular, I think you're exactly right, young women in particular these days, that somehow you're supposed to have one pathway to success and you I guess you either get on the voice and, and become the next singing sensation or you go on X Factor and you you know, you are gonna be spectacular at something. Uh, or you're in a magazine and uh, you, you have an a, a image, you, your body, you should be the size, I guess, of a pencil or something, and there's nothing really from a media perspective or from the messages that we give our daughters, our nieces, um, young women that we come across in our lives to say who you are and what you are and what you look like is enough, and for you to be able to live out what your own personal passionate pursuits are is more than enough. It's in fact exactly what you should be doing as opposed to coming up with this idea that there is only one correct way to do things and that's the same way everybody in your neighborhood is doing them. You know, you've, you've probably seen that. it's it, you, you have people who think that, uh, um, well, I, I know uh, as a parent, it's been sometimes we get caught up in this, oh, well, so-and-so's child is, or all these other children, they're going to finish high school, take all the AP classes, rush off to college, and it should be, I guess, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, UPIC, um, uh, which one of the Ivies, and then it's going to be a career in, I don't know, whatever, but something where they shall immediately then henceforth have a $100,000 starting salary, find the perfect uh, mate, raise the perfect family, and live happily ever after kind of a tall order that we place on the shoulders of our, you know, of our young women. I'm, I don't think we do exactly the same thing with young men, to a certain extent perhaps, but certainly yeah, much more I, so with women. I, I
2: think young men do feel that pressure, but I think what's different, at least in my experience with, young, with women, is that you're supposed to be all that, but you're also supposed to be a good mother on top of it. And we don't have the same requirements for men. I mean, men can be horrific fathers, and nobody ever even says that, you know. Right. They can They can not have time for their kids. They can, you know, ignore them. They can, you know, go out and be with their friends or carry on illicit relationships. And nobody really calls them on that. But, you know, let a mother step out of place, and
3: it's, um, you know, it's, it's horrible. Screaming is really loud. You're so right about that, and and how how to to resolve that in one's own head almost seems to be uh, something that's happening as we get older and older, leaving us with a whole generation of young women from their you know from their preteens, quite frankly, all the way into adulthood. You know, we're talking twenties, thirties, forties, who are trying to figure out who they are and how they fit in the world. And, and, and what does that mean? Not who I think I'm supposed to be in whatever context I'm in, but who I actually am and how to make that be enough. And I think the most difficult thing is when you don't have any way of teasing that piece out, the only thing you do is you look at what's presented to you out there and when you don't feel like you can live up to whatever the model is, in in your in my case it was most definitely Twiggy. I remember remember that very clearly and thinking, wow, hmm, I guess I have to um, be a twig, literally, um, and maybe that's not at all who I am. To girls today who are you know looking at how how do I control what's going on because I have to be wealthy, I have to be slender, I have to have friends, I have to have uh, a lot of money. And then I've got to figure out how, exactly right how to do that in the context of also being, uh, a, being a wife, being a mother, being a daughter, being an aunt. Um, and I have no clue what that looks like because I don't even know who I am. Right. Nor am I ever given
2: an opportunity to explore that because right. my, my role is to please other people. My role is to take care of other people. And, and you know, I, I see these, these really like preteen girls at the mall who look like they're 18. Yes. I'm thinking to yes. myself, where's their mother? I mean, who, who would let their kid out looking like that, you know? And, and they look like all of these little girls look the same. Yes. And it, it's
3: discouraging. And when you do try and buck the trend as a parent, then you are running the risk of your child who is on the ground, in a school system, let's talk about you know uh, the middle school, high school years, where if you're any different at all, we know how difficult and how pervasive bullying is. We only have to look back to the incidences over the last couple of years. You think about that uh, the young girl over in South Hadley who was bullied mercilessly, and those, those bullying can happen just because you aren't dressed appropriately or doing something that everybody else does, and It's so incredibly difficult for girls to be able to have a forum and have a voice and not be sucked in to all the ways that they think they ought to be. You know, I know that especially for girls who might be... Struggling with a uh, a learning disability let's say, and so they learn differently and so if they're going to say something differently or they have a great amount of social anxiety and not say anything at all, they run the risk of people targeting them, and you know their their peers targeting them to to the extent that the the only way they have out is either to turn to people who will accept them and oftentimes. That ends up being a crowd that's decided that um, using drugs and alcohol is a way to uh, to sort of manage the circumstances, or they become so depressed, uh, so anxious, and so overwhelmed that, um, as in the case of that, the, uh, the young girl in South Hadley, um, they become suicidal. And we, as, a, as a, an American society for young women, really have done this exceptionally poor job in providing a forum, because I think we also almost went too far. I think what we've done is we went from sort of um, you have no rights whatsoever to you're the best thing ever, you know, like everybody gets the ribbon, right? And so if everybody gets the ribbon, how do you ever learn where your own ego strength is if you've never tried something, it hasn't worked, and you've had to try at it again. What we, the message we give about this whole perfectionism thing and how to be perfect is, well, you should instantly know how to do it. You know, it's like, okay, I should, as soon as I pick up a, you know, some some markers and a paper, I should create a Picasso. Well, That's pretty impractical, but that's the message we give out. As soon as I pick up a guitar, I should be able to play it. As soon as I open my mouth, I should be able to sing. Now, certainly, we know that there are instances where you can have a 10-year-old open her mouth and sing. I'm thinking of that little Jackie Ivanko who sings like just a dream. But that's one out of millions and millions and millions. And yet, we take that one example and we think that it should be us or our daughters think it should be them or somehow that's the message that's conveyed. And there's no intervention to allow the girls to understand um, w- w- where they actually stand in all of this. You know, we don't push... It's changing, I think, with more team sports, but not everybody's a sports person. Not everybody's, you know, a performing artist. Not everybody has these other things. And so what do you do when you don't know where you belong? You know, it's really tough because,
2: um, as you said, there's no venue for anybody to do any... to just be, you know. You to just sit with yourself and figure out who you are. I mean, people just don't have time. They run from one thing to the other to the other. And
3: um, yeah, we as parents I guess have that's done a why there's so much addiction.
2: Yeah. You know, there's so much addiction because there's such an empty spot in your soul yeah. that you keep thinking that all these external things are going to fill that, that hole up. And, and they can't.
3: I so agree with you. You know, it's one of the things I see that we, you know, oftentimes up here in uh, in our program at Sovereign Journey, one of the things that we see with just about every young woman that comes in is just such a high degree of anxiety because they keep waiting to find out what's expected of them. So they're always looking outward to see what's going to drive as opposed to having the opportunity to stop and pay attention to who they are and what their own personal passions are. And we don't give, I mean, we're societally in a place where we don't really give that or value that so much as an opportunity. It's like we're wired 24-7. I One of the things that I think that's been the most amazing to me when I look at my own kids is that they are completely plugged in and multitasking so much of the time that to get them to be able to step away is Almost viewed as a punishment. It's like, how do I? Uh, do you remember that commercial? Have you seen that commercial on TV where there's a little, there's a young woman and she's like, "Oh, my parents think they have friends. They, I think it's a car commercial. They don't really yeah. have any friends. Look, yeah. I'm on Facebook and I have 762 friends. <laughs> right? You know, poor really parents. aren't friends but, at all. Yeah, exactly. And and how do you get that support and that sense of your place in the universe? If you're trying to do it, you know, creating your friendships electronically and you're not getting any feedback and then the feedback you might get from your own family is all around, you know, more, better, harder, higher, you know, all of those expectations and you haven't even figured out who you are, much less how to get there it's a, it's a tough it 's a tough place it 's a really really tough place that we've placed uh, our girls in and you 're right i think your your description of the girls in the mall is uh, is such it's such a poignant picture for me when you see i mean you can see little ones you know seven and eight year olds that are dressed in clothing and you 're thinking what on earth are they thinking how how can you Expect them to be able to do all the things that we know developmentally make sense. If you've not given the child the chance to go through the developmental stages, I mean, you know, it's we we seem to have thought that if you start preparing for Harvard in uh, at at age three, you know, you're doing the right thing. And yet that and it may work for some people. You know, certainly, certainly, people with you know young women with enough ego strength to be able to make that work. But what's interesting to me is how many of these girls who have fought to get where they're going end up at this that this this destination that they thought you know the sky was going to open and the angels were going to sing and the trumpets were going to sound and say, "But I hate this. This isn't all what I want to do." Right. Right, or they get can't there and anything. they think, "Is this all there is?" Yeah, yeah. I've waited, I've waited all my life to be thirty. Is this all there is? Yeah, I mean, yeah. surely there's more. What am I? What am I missing? Where am I in the context of the world and my place in it? And I believe, and I, I know you do too, that, that each person has so much value and so much that they have to offer, and the only way they can do that is to really know what it is that makes them tick, and you can't know what makes you tick if you're always trying to tick with regards to what you think other people want you to do. Um,
2: um, and we'll be right back with Karen after this commercial.
4: A fresh look at today's health, Voice America Health & Wellness
2: Welcome back to One Hour at a Time. Our guest today is Karen Fitchew, who is the Executive Director of Sovereign Journey in Bethlehem, New Hampshire, and we're talking about "In Pursuit of Perfection: Young Women in America." Um, before we went to break, Karen, we were talking about, um, you know, how you know the, the young women are objectified, and and mm-hmm. I think about you know these these young girls who who are dressed like they're 25 and the styles are their 25. And we have a we have a significant rate of child abuse and child pornography. And, you know, it just seems like, um, you know, girls are just taken advantage of in so many ways. And then they're told you have to be perfect or they feel they have to be perfect. And if you're too short or too tall or too fat, or too, I guess you can never be too thin... Um, but girls do get too thin, you know. Yeah. What do they have left to control? They, they they just really can control what they put in their bodies and what goes out of it, right?
3: Well, that's exactly right. You know, one of the things when you feel like you're not in control at all, one of the things that that uh, is, is a common reaction to that is to be able to control what you put in your mouth and uh, And the prevalence of eating disorders around that um, because of trying to maintain some control over what's going on, and if you can't control what's going on in your life, you can certainly control what you put in your mouth. Such an enormous, enormous thing. And we we know that that also, eating disorders often, not all the time, but there's a certainly a strong correlation between eating disorders and some level of, of, of abuse, particularly mm-hmm. um, sexual abuse uh, among uh, young girls, young women. Interestingly enough, when you have had, you know, you've you've gone through a situation where you feel like you're not worthy, so you feel like you're not perfect. You're going to be able to manage that circumstance by what you put into your mouth, um, and not ever really go back and deal with the issues of what put you in those that kind of circumstance in the first place, and. What we see and what I have seen particularly with young women um, in Sovereign Journey and certainly programs like Sovereign Journey is that there is such a huge need to find some kind of validation in the larger world that oftentimes girls are going to put themselves out there inappropriately. You know, we, we hear, I'm sure that everybody, all the listeners have heard of, as, as I know you have, you, it's easy to do sexting. It's easy to post pictures of yourself on Facebook or um, a, a, you know any of the other uh, social media sites, um, including IMing people stuff. And once stuff gets out onto the internet, basically, it's not anything you can ever bring back. People start to see that um, it can be another case for um, pre- predatory practices on young girls because they're uh, and and they'll respond to it because they're looking to find some way to feel validated, to feel like they matter, that they fit in the world. And, um, and it's easy to start down that path, and when somebody starts to pay attention to you, even when it is inappropriate in terms of either age or um, abusiveness of relationship, um, girls have a tendency to tolerate it because something, even if it's rotten, is better than nothing at all.
2: Right. You know, in the early 80s, I was the coordinator of a woman's halfway house here in New Hampshire. And it was kind of destined to fail from the beginning because um, in true New Hampshire fashion, it was designed to be just exactly like the men's halfway house. And it, uh, it was at a mm-hmm. time when we were really thinking about, you know, men's maybe men's treatment should be a little bit different than women's treatment. And the women were expected to go to work, just like the men were, but like within, you know, a month of being in the house. And 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 women didn't have job skills. You know, a lot nice. of the women had, um, you know, they got by because they hooked up with some guy who could take care of them, but that's all they really knew. And then um, once they all got in the house, they were so disenfranchised from each other. Women did not know how to... Um, support each other. They didn't know how to relate to each other, and it was it was such an eye-opening experience. And I remember sitting in a group, saying to to, to all of them, you know, the people you're most like in the whole world are the people that you can least connect with. And I thought that was so yeah. sad. And I, you know, I'm hoping it's better, but um, I'm just wondering what it's like now
3: yeah I think from a treatment perspective, one of the things that we really focus on um, beyond anything else is the ability to learn how to communicate with one another and develop um, support and and relationship among women because when when you think about who you can turn to somebody who really does truly understand what you 're going through it 's going to be somebody who has the same sorts of issues and opportunities and uh, and pitfalls that you do. So uh, we have found, I have found, um, that gender-specific treatment is something that makes such an enormous difference, especially with regards to helping young women find their voices. And you're right. We we spent all this time sort of being told, well, if you you know, if you don't have your apron on and you're not in the kitchen, then you ought to then at least be at the top of the uh boardroom ladder. But by the way, not only should you be at the top of the boardroom ladder, you should also still be at home on time when the children come home from school with freshly baked cookies. In the meantime you're trying to figure out how to do everything and feeling like you can't do anything well at all. So it's uh, you know there's the outside world where um, all of that's going on and and in the treatment world I think we've seen a marked change just in terms of even um, our feelings around gender specific treatment uh, and I think you nailed it exactly from your you know what you said with with your experiences in the halfway house that the needs of women. And the way we work as women, I mean, we know just let's even if it's not just a case of biology and chromosomes, we know that we as women manage our circumstances and our situations very, very differently than men, even from a communications um, standpoint, um, I'm thinking about uh, some of the work that's been done with regards to communication and the fact that when you look at how men communicate, very typically, it's like always about one-upsmanship. When women are communicating, it's about really trying to step in and be supportive and social in nature. And if you've been in circumstances where being social has not paid off for you, then basically you're cutting yourself off from the opportunity to be supported by the very people who you need, which goes back to exactly what you were saying with, with the homeless shelter. So it's uh, you. The, what we've seen again, what I see over and over again is young women coming in with such a high degree of anxiety because they're afraid that they're not good enough. They're not... Bright enough. They're not, you know, as you said, not bright enough, not pretty enough, not, not uh, artistic enough, not um, academic enough, not thin enough, not fat enough, not, you know, um, got the wrong color eyes, wrong color hair, wrong shaped nose. You know, you name it. There's probably something wrong with it. When, when in actuality, we know that there's, you know, as human beings, they're always. Parts of who we are, whether it's through personality or through physiology, we might like to have changed. But when that's the only thing that we can we can focus on, then the rest of the world sort of loses all its color because there's no place for us in the world—at least in our own head—because we, you know, we've slapped a label on ourselves, whatever it is. You know, I I, I am. What, whatever my label may be this week, you know, I'm I'm, I'm so depressed that uh, I'm never going to get beyond this, so I might as well not even, I'm not even going to try. If I can't do it perfectly, because clearly everybody else can, you know, uh, that's the pr- uh, right. prevalent thought, then why would I even waste my time trying, because I'm never going to be able to do anything. And, it, you know, you're defeated before you've ever started, and so for us, the biggest thing that we can do is to help young women start to get a feel for who they are in all the multifacetedness of being a of being a woman and and uh, living in the in the world and in the culture we have today, and being able to put whatever the negative feelings we have about ourselves into a facet of who we are, but not the sum total of our being. That's a lot easier said than done. (laughs) Oh good lord. Oh yes indeed. It, you know, it's, it's easy to say that and it is so remarkably difficult to, to peel back the layers of the, the image we have of ourselves that, you know, can crystallize around one event or a couple of things that have happened to us so that we shut down and, and, and how we manage and how we do things becomes self-defeating because, simply because we don't have this sense that we can step out there in any kind of perfect, immediately perfect way.
2: Um, and we'll be right back with Karen after this commercial break.
4: You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
5: sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders that's westbridge.org family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders
0: in your family what is most important to you is it health relationships how about getting along better with your kids or your parents Maybe it has to do with losing pounds or gaining financially. Whatever the problems you face in your family, you'll want to tune in to Family First with your host, author, and speaker, Randy Rolfe. Since 1985, Randy has become the foremost expert on matters concerning the family, and she can help you. Family First airs live every Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness.
2: Welcome back to One Hour at a Time. This is Mary Woods. I'm your host today, and we're talking about The Pursuit of Perfection, Young Women in America with our guest, Karen Fitzhugh, who is the Executive Director of Sovereign Journey in Bethlehem, New Hampshire. And um, I I just would like to spend a little bit of time talking about what I think, um, what I've observed, is that it seems like young women are to more violence, and they have become more violent from when I was a young woman. Um, is that just because the media is skewed, or is that real?
3: Um, I think that there, what we have, you know, again, anecdotally, what I what I've seen both programmatically here at Sovereign Journey and certainly at other programs, you know, across across the country, is that almost young women are. Accepting of violence because there isn't really any we don 't really place much in the way of parameters around what's acceptable these days. I mean there used to be at least some modicum of social um, discomfort with um, significant violence and now I mean essentially especially you go back back to uh, television movies, uh, um, the you know access to the internet, video games. There's this. um, There's this sense that violence is sort of all around you, and so you need to. um, I'm going to put quotations around this. Grow up and get used to it. And so there's there's two things that happen um, uh, that I've seen is either you sort of um, be toughen up so that you can step in there and and sort of manage it, if you will or you shrink away so much that you are incapable of almost managing anything at all and i and i'm talking really much more specifically about i guess the extremes i still i would still say that the bulk uh the bulk of young women uh in the country are capable of having the ego strength to figure out where the edges of the envelope occur for them with regards to treatment though you I, I am seeing at least programmatically for me I'm seeing young women who um have been victimized and they're victimized because they we go back to that same thing which is I don't feel like I have any rights because I was supposed to be perfect at whatever it is and therefore since I'm not then I'm not good at anything and so sure go ahead and take advantage of me and and so there's a violence that's you know there's a victim mentality which we don't automatically turn around and have ego strength to manage because we are basically fed information that violence happens victimization happens, and you know you're, you' you either you know have the secret magic ring with the green power in it or you you you're, you're kind of out of luck you know,
5: it's,
3: Oh, it's uh, Difficult place to be. Oh, it's horrible.
2: Um, You know, I wonder too about you know how in self help there's a great saying that we strive for progress and not perfection. And Mm. how do we
3: get to the point
2: where perfect was the new normal?
3: It's, you know, it's just the most remarkable thing. I, I suppose I was thinking about it, it with, amazingly enough, with regards to where we have come as a as a country. We always used to, we we have said for generations upon generations. You know, the next generation is going to do better than the previous generation. We're going to not only aspire to more, but we're going to have more. A better job will be, I guess, will be. You know, what is it? The the one from. Um, uh, the uh, w- 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 Lake Wobegon, where you know uh, all the children are above average and everybody's good looking, and you know, <laughs> I guess, yeah. it's, but that's supposed to be. You know, there's no regression to the mean. Everybody gets just better and better and better. And for me, I look at the situation with the country, and you go back to the, you know, the financial crisis of 2008, and all of a sudden, we're at a point I think where people are trying to relook at what it means. To move forward and be better, does more mean better? Does you know more intelligence, um, more good looks, more um, ability to manage in whatever setting you're in, mean that you're the winner? Um, I'm not thinking that as a society we're at that place now, as the country is doing some of this turnaround, but we have spent. Many, many, many years, easily the last, you know, 50 to 75 years, with this sort of look forward to, uh, everything's going to, you have to do better than the previous generation. You know, I, as the daughter, have to do better than the mother. And I think this is probably the first time uh, that we're, you know, where now, societally, people are actually stepping back and going, hmm. Maybe it's not going to work that way. And so we have a generation of young women right at this point in time who have lived with and been, and, and have, have, have heard the idea of they have to do more and better than their parents. And the reality is it's not very likely to happen. So what does that mean? And how do you find your way to being okay with whatever that is? But I do think that the genesis of this stems from you know, all uh, from, from way back, from, from, you know, moving, societally moving through um, into uh, the modern age. Technology in particular, I think, has pushed it that way.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting because I think that, um, you know, when you, when, you, when you go back, not that far back in history, but there was a time when, you know, we were told, I think both men and women, you can have it all. Yeah, and and I think that there's a generation that bought into that. Like, yeah, I can have it all. I might have to max out five credit cards, but I can have it all, and I'm entitled to having it all. And um, and with that came the whole perfection thing. You know, you you have to go to the right schools. You have to go to the right daycare. You have to, Mm -hmm. you know, wear the right sneakers. And you know, somewhere along the line, we outsourced our values.
3: And and lost sight of, uh, you know, and really did lose sight of what's important in terms of part of being a human being. You know, if you go back to some of the basic research about being a human being, we know it's about interacting with one another. And when I think about just, you know, just from the perspective of program, one of the things that's so critical programmatically is that we do very much make the time and space to be able to talk to one another. When I think about, you know, what goes on at Westbridge, I know I see people there talking with one another, sitting with one another, being able to really open up and, 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 and think about things that are meaningful to them and find out where that fits sort of in, in the greater world of, of whoever the peers are in the community. And that's very much the same thing that happens you know, here at Sovereign Journey, and I think at most programs, is what we programmatically take for granted that so few people out in the world have today, and that is an opportunity to sit and 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 talk, as opposed to sort of have to have an instantaneous answer, be an instantaneous, you know, be something instantaneously, which is grounds for. Um, just the, the, the huge struggle around that, which is instantaneously I have to be perfect at some, I have to be able to do it. And it just is, it's, it's such an unrealistic expectation that we place. So what,
2: what is different about treatment for young girls than it would be for young
3: boys?
5: Young, young well, better. it
3: goes back to, it really goes back to uh, what we were talking about with regards to um, communi- you know, communication the communication style. Um, there's, a, a, a Elizabeth Tanner had written a book about, you know, you just, it, the title of the book is You Just Don't Understand Me. And it was talking about the differences in uh, communication amongst women and communication um, amongst men. And Treatment differences in women really revolve around this social relational piece that we've almost divorced ourselves from as women. We've, you know, we've attempted, you're right, you know, I can, you know, but, uh, I I buy the bacon, I cook it up in the pan. Do you remember that commercial? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can do everything. And then you're thinking, yeah. well, actually... Um, yeah, but I kind of need to be talking to somebody and make sure I can get the recipe and it's a whole lot more fun to cook with somebody than it is to be you know holding the baby on my hip and, and frying the bacon up in a pan. And what what we do in gender, in the gender specific, uh, women 's programs is really look at how you process information as a woman, and how when you are using um, the support mechanisms in the program, how you look at creating those beyond what you have going on in the program per se. And most importantly, oh, go, go ahead I would say most importantly it 's about um, the other piece of that is how you develop your relationship with your family. Because that's another huge piece in terms of how we develop identity, and and such a critical piece in terms of who we think we are.
2: Oftentimes, um, we have at Westbridge we have two residential programs that are for men, and we often get questions about why aren't they co-ed. And mm. I would just like um, I know what my answer is, but I wonder what why did you
3: decide to make Sovereign Journey an all women's program? Mm because what I didn't want was for the young women to come in here and have all the focus of attention externally on what they look like for the young men as opposed to internally doing their own work. It's um, an enormous distraction, and treatment is not a lifelong sentence to something. It's it's this It's this portion of your life. It's this gift that you give yourself where you can focus solely on you and how many of us have the incredible good fortune to have that opportunity. And, you know, oftentimes um, I think that uh, the girls will think, oh, my gosh, you know, I'll never see a guy and I'll, and I'll, and I'll be here forever. And the fact of the matter is it's, this is not your whole life, and I don't want the focus and the time to be spent on other rather than self.
2: That's exactly what we say here as well. And, that, you know, I know a lot of programs – um, believe that the relationships that develop in treatment are a way of mirroring what happens out in the community, and and I guess I just kind of want to go on record as saying is that, you know, you, I don't believe that that's the way you learn how to um, deal with those relationships. If you don't have a sense of yourself, then then how can you deal with that? So. Um,
3: I'm just going to put that up to the universe. Oh, because... I so completely agree with you. If you don't know who you are, what are you taking into a relationship? And if you don't know who you are you're in your treatment to try and figure out who you are, but there's this potential for being in relationships because of mixed gender. Having run a mixed gender program, um, it is so inordinately difficult. You spend probably 70% of your time battling that piece and 30% of the time mm-hmm. doing the work. And, you know, it, I want the girls to be able to. I want the girls to be able to do the work um, without the distraction. And it sounds like you feel that exact same way. I do. And we'll be right back after this commercial.
0: Get the latest information in health and wellness when you tune into On the Radio with Dr. Ray. Each week, you'll find out the latest and greatest from both traditional and holistic perspectives. Your host, Dr. Robert Ray, better known as Dr. 90210, is the best known and most sought-after plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. Dr. Ray, with his co-host, Natalie Day, will help you get the dream body you've always wanted through diet and exercise, not surgery and medicine. On the radio with Dr. Ray airs live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time on Voice America Variety. Your life, your
4: health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness
2: Welcome back, everyone. This is Mary Woods. I'm your host today, and we have as our guest Karen Fitzhugh, who is the Executive Director of Sovereign Journey, and our topic is In Pursuit of Perfection, Young Women in America. And uh, Sovereign Journey is a residential program for young women, only for young women. And um, I would just like you to make the point you made to me during the break to, to our audience,
3: Karen, if you could. I'd love to. One of the things that um, I feel so strongly about is that when one is in treatment, the the goal really needs to be about focus on oneself. And uh, I feel very strongly, as I know you do, Mary, about uh, single gender treatment because it allows for the focus to be on the self as opposed to being uh, on trying to develop relationships in treatment which don't necessarily generalize into the broader context of one's life. It doesn't mean that you don't maintain those friendships. But what I see happening is the purpose of program, and certainly the, the purpose of a program like Sovereign Journey, is to give uh, a young woman the opportunity to start to figure out who they are um, and go from this Vision of being um, identified and 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 being a person that is externally motivated and externally directed, meaning that they define themselves by what's happening to them, who's saying what to them from the outside, and moving through programmatically and coming to the understanding that what really takes you into a comfortable and contented adulthood is understanding internally who you are what you, what you like and what you want to be doing and that those decisions come from inside versus outside you and it's a very very difficult process and if you're trying to do it, you try to do that work and do it in the context of treatment it's not necessarily the context of, of what's going on in your whole life. And for me, what's uh, what's really compelling about single gender program is precisely that. This is incredibly difficult work where I want our young women to go from being sort of buffeted around by the, the winds of what's going on out there to being able to be um, flexible with what's going on but really be rooted in and have a core understanding of who they are. That's so well said, um, and
2: I would echo the same thing for young men in treatment. Mm-hmm. They need the same opportunity um, to to do all those um, developmental tasks. And um, what has been your experience with families um, in working with young women at Sovereign Journey?
3: Well, I tell you, I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because it is such a struggle. It goes back to what we just talked about, which is we have a tendency, particularly for our daughters, to want to be able to go in and rescue them. You know, essentially, you know, you wrap, wrap them in bubble wrap, keep them safe, and provide all the things that they need, which is really, you know, it's such a heartfelt, loving thing, except that when we do that, Essentially, the subliminal message we give our daughters is, you are not capable of doing anything. I have to come in and do all of this for you. So what happens is we have a generation of girls coming in who have completely lost uh, their curiosity. And they sit there like little birdies in a nest waiting to be fed, which is really difficult when you're 18, 19, and 20 years old. And you don't think about yourself that way. But you, but but what happens is you're so used to mom and dad stepping in and doing everything. You just kind of there's not much point in trying to do it yourself because or you run mom, from one activity the, to the other, and all your time exactly. is planned. Yeah, you know, I'm on the swim team and the you know and the drill team and the this team and that team and this violin lesson and that piano lesson and blah blah blah. blah you know, sixteen languages and after school math support, and so clearly no one asked me what I was interested in. And when I try to you know when I try to voice my opinion it's drowned out, and so from a family perspective, what we do here is is um, work with uh, work with families we actually you know have family workshops on a quarterly basis where we really want our families to be able to understand this whole sort of unhooking process from their daughters because the very act of stepping in all the time to do everything essentially says. Honey, you're just not capable. i got to step in and do it. And, you know, there's there's something kind of, I, I guess, there's something kind of nice about not ever having to do anything, except that when you never have to do anything, your sense of worth just, just takes a huge nosedive. And you can't learn anything either. I mean, from learning how to cook, to do the dishes, to enroll in college, to find, you know, to, to, to drive a car, to take a plane, you know, you name it thing after thing after thing, essentially it's like, well, you can't do that unless I help you. And how do you ever learn? Unless you do it. So our, our job in, in large part with families is to value and validate um, all of the love that they've put into their daughters and also help them to be able to start taking steps to support their daughters into adulthood. And it's so difficult to do because they're petrified. You know, the daughters are petrified, the parents are petrified. Because, you know, if, if if everything had been good and easy, they would not be here, either the parents or the daughters. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you see the same thing, too. Right. So how do you message the whole concept of anti-perfectionism to, to the families? Well, you know, it's one of the things that we talk about a lot, both, I think, on the individual level with the, you know, with the therapists and the families, but also just in terms of the groups here, um, Having, having, uh, normalizing some of the things that we think about, and 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 having a message around when something is is good enough, um, we have done ourselves such a disservice around uh, around this whole notion of perfectionism. I actually here on campus call it the P word, and we don't want to use the P word here because um, it's a setup. It's an enormous setup. And and so we we talk about that a lot with um, with families, as well as with the girls. And um, actually, there's this wonderful website that has basically nothing at all to do with. Um, it has nothing at all to do with uh, um, therapy, and has everything to do with house cleaning. And it's called FlyLady.net. And FlyLady.net actually talks about how to clean your house. And, and the, whole, the whole thing about that is we have a tendency as women who are sidetracked home executives to live in something called chaos, which is can't have anyone over syndrome, because we're so rooted in our perfectionism that, you know, it's like we decide we're going to go in and clean the bathroom, and next thing we know we've spent six hours on the floor with a toothbrush cleaning the grout. Meanwhile, we never got to the dishes in the sink in the kitchen. So if you take that metaphorically, that's exactly what happens with our girls here. They get so rooted in trying to solve one little thing that the general basic things are never really dealt with. And so um, her website and and the things that come out of that website um, are so remarkable. We actually use something in the program here. We call it Fly Time. By the way, Fly stands for Finally Loving Yourself. So flylady.net if, uh, I hope you have an opportunity to take a look at it. And I expect that a lot of listeners out there might be really curious, uh, to take a look at her website. It's, um, it's quite remarkable. Um, you would, who would have thought that something that talks about how to, you know, clean your house would have anything to do with helping you manage your depression and anxiety and to let go of perfectionism. So it's really incredible.
2: So how can people get a hold of you or learn more about,
3: um, Sovereign Journey? Journey? Well, we, um, we are on the net, uh, and, and our website is www.sovereignjourney, S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y dot com. And, um, people can reach me directly at area code 802-274-1544, and again that's 802 Seven four one five four four, and uh, there's also a toll-free number on our website, and I would, you know, absolutely encourage people uh, to uh, take a look at that and uh, take a look at the website and find the um, find the. Uh, toll number on there, and if I were smart, I'd be able to give it to you really quickly, and hopefully it's going to show up on my desk. You think I'd remember that one uh, off the top of I my head? I never
2: remember ours either. Oh, so. thank you for um, saying that, you know. Okay. <laughs> um, I want
3: to wish everybody a very happy
2: Thanksgiving. Um, thank you, Karen, for a great show, and I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving,
3: and safe travels, everyone. Have a great And week. a happy Thanksgiving to you and everyone else also, Mary. Thank you so much.